0: This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context.
1: Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bentliff and I'm joined by my good friend, Nelson Tepfer, Chief Executive Officer at Pro CFO Partners. Nelson, I love being with you. I just love uh, the conversations we have, The uh, the spark of curiosity that I think drives us both. And uh, I thought today we'd have an interesting conversation about something that maybe you've been hearing a lot of, which is uh, outcome versus processes. And I've got some other ideas in there, but um, processes, do they drive to the outcomes? Are process confused for being the outcomes? I think that can happen a lot. I think we get stuck in the machinery of something without thinking about what we're doing. But let me ask you what you think and what kind of context is important for us to discuss today in processes
2: versus outcomes so chris thank you for having me back on always enjoy our conversations so to start out you know i think it's a lot of what you briefly alluded to and referenced already in the process we go through to try and achieve something very often drags us away from actually keeping in mind what we're actually trying to achieve i'll give you a for instance i had a conversation recently with somebody who was trying to record something on their accounting software and he was asking me about six different ways of how to do it. And I said, wait a second, why are you trying to record this? What are you trying to do when you're actually doing this? Why what are you trying to see? So we had a brief conversation about what he's trying to build and how what this is, what this is going to look like for him. And I said, okay, now that you understand what is it you're trying to have as a result of this, what you're struggling to record, what is the simplest or easiest way for you to do it? And he had the answer in about 10 seconds. So so when we say process versus outcome, it comes very often, we get dragged into the processes of how we choose to do some things, losing sight of what we're actually trying to do. And it's a very big challenge for many business leaders, especially in growing and scaling companies, because there's always a lot going on.
1: Uh, It's also, in my experience and perspective, kind of insidious. So an example that I have, I was working with and there's a lot of them but this is I was working with a sales organization that was um, loading up a new ERP with a with a CRM uh, uh, component. And they were going through all kinds of training and gadgetry and wizardry to get their apps on their phone and this and this and the process and this and, and going and they stopped tracking their sales activities in a productive way, because they were so busy tapping icons and learning how to manage the app. They forgot what they were trying to do because the exercise or the activity became, can I master this machinery or the, the mechanical aspects of this? Not, look, you, you could write this stuff down in a notebook if it's going to help you manage your sales and help us to be able to understand what's going on. Do you agree that uh, we don't often mean to, we don't mean to sort of start out in the weeds, but we can so easily get there and pretty soon we're losing hours, days, weeks, months, all kinds of money and resources to the activity and not keeping our eye on, uh, as you pointed out, the purpose or or that outcome that we're trying to seek. Uh, I don't know. Tell me your perspective on that. It feels like we don't mean to, but we we just can't help but get there sometimes. It's slippery.
2: It is very slippery and absolutely right that it's not like we, we decide that this is what we're trying to do and we're going to lose sight of this. It just happens and suddenly we look back whatever period of time later and it's like, wait, this doesn't make sense anymore. You know, I think we mentioned in one of our previous conversations and someone was you know, in a much larger organization I was speaking to and someone was promoted to manager and someone was had this four hours a week that they had to do these management reports. And it took them a few months to start asking why until he actually went all the way up to the C-suite and they didn't know why they were still doing this because no one was, you know, so you're talking about thousands of hours, man hours being wasted on the why of what they were doing and no one had any idea why. So to your point, Absolutely. We absolutely get dragged into the process of trying to fix a problem without with when and begin to lose sight of the solution we're trying to put in place.
1: You know, I also feel like there's a real danger here because to everybody, if you if you kind of like put this in a microcosm, if any of us have ever tried to, you know, instill new sort of habits by I'm gonna I'm gonna really keep a great to do list or a grocery list or or whatever, or I'm gonna implement some new calendar features at work for just or, or email rules or whatever. That feels like I'm doing work. Like that feels productive. And so if you put that at scale, like you pointed out with your manager, well, you're in training. That's what we want you to do. That feels like work. It feels like you must be doing something. It's not until later that you realize all I've been doing here is spinning my wheels or I wasted an entire day getting everything just so. And then when the first point of friction came up, I I found out I couldn't use my systems because I didn't account for this. It's just easier for me to write it down on a post-it note. Like all of these things kind of happen. How do I avoid that? What should I what should what should I be doing differently um, so that I can avoid this this kind of insidiousness or this idea that I'm doing work, therefore it must be
2: productive when really I'm just busy and I'm not being it's funny and to boil it down to the real pithy statement was it simon's next one right start with why (laughs) (laughs) now obviously this is a little bit of different different you know different topic or different focus on what i'm talking about but it's why are we choosing to do this for instance the sales organization that you referenced earlier right why were they choosing to do this because they wanted better sales they wanted better insight into what they're doing on their activity like this the problem was because they lost sight of why they were trying to do this they got dragged away in the process from achieving that outcome of what they were actually trying to put the solution in place for. And that's a very dangerous, that's to your point, a very slippery slope. And we see this across different size organizations, across different functions within an organization. Companies that get so caught up in how they close the books or when they close the books. And it's like, okay, well, why? You know, yes, there's an aspect of closing the books which needs to happen for various reporting purposes. We get all of that. But when we think of reporting, it's about the insight. So closing the books is not about the technical side of closing the books. It's closing the books so we have the insight into what happens so we can make the decisions we now need to to continue to grow the company to achieve the goals we want to. Mm.
1: Do you feel like we're dealing with some outdated notions? I was talking to a sales guy uh, last week and he was, trying to close a deal before the end of the month so that it would go into is, it's just numbers. It's just, it's just, you know, the way that we're used to doing things. It doesn't really mean anything. And then folks are, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll, I'll put a really nice discount in place for you if we can, or whatever we make concessions or your manager's really working you to look, we got to hit these, this quota these numbers. And for me, as you point out that goal or that outcome can become destructive to the overall outcome. Well, what's our annual revenue or what's our profitability here? are you are you crushed? Are you trying to make that sale so bad that we're not even going to make any money off this thing? Are we dealing with some outdated perspectives that just don't coincide with how fast and and uh, sort of nimble modern business
2: needs to be? So it's not so much outdated because I believe variations of this of this existed for well pretty much forever as long as people have been doing business. So, so I don't see the issue as so much outdated. But the misalignment is something we're actually seeing pretty interesting. you referenced for instance the you know how quickly or how you know business is today versus where it was even as recently as 10 15 years ago. and we're seeing these conversations conversations begin to pop up as whatever the economy is going to be doing over the next 12 to 18 months which will become obviously a very hot button topic as in what what should companies do now And it's like, well obviously I don't think every company is going to be affected the same way the way previous, Cycles have affected an economy, you know, an economic widespread kind of impact. I do think it will be differently to the point that you just referenced. So it's not so much an outdated perspective, perhaps, but more about losing sight of things the same way. Just the mechanisms change. Great
1: perspective, and we're we've been in such weird flux uh, for a couple of years, and we're still in something weird with inflationary concerns and other things we've talked about uh, a lot, a lot here at, at Create the Next. That maybe. Maybe our usual systems uh, aren't designed for that level of, we haven't been stress tested like this since <laughs> maybe 2006, seven, eight, something like that. And a lot has changed since then. Maybe, uh, I don't know, give it, give us some coaching. Where, where should we be thinking? How How do we not just make it an intellectual exercise to say, yes, I should start with the outcomes. I should start with what I want to achieve and really put that into process so that my processes. Are the sum of my processes
2: and systems lead to those productive outcomes? So, yeah, when we think of this, it definitely starts at the strategic side of identifying what the goal is, what your vision is for the company, how we actually take that vision for where you want to be within you know, in three to five years down to today. Now, the biggest issue we run into is that you usually you ask a business owner what their goal is, they'll throw out a revenue target. Yes. Sure. We're going to be 10000000 million. We're going to be 50000000 million. We're going to be 100000000 million. We're going to be a billion-dollar company. And I like the (laughs) enthusiasm that comes from the entrepreneurs and the business leaders who have that kind of goal. But we try and separate the goal from the measurable target. The metric is the measurable target because that's how you're going to measure if you've achieved your goal. So let's identify what you're working on from the company itself. You want to be the best at this, you want to be the biggest at this. You want to have the best customer experience. You want to have those are goals because that is something that allows most of your decisions when you're breaking things down into the outcome and the process. Those are things you can say, okay, our outcome is we're trying to do this. So therefore, our process that we're getting stuck in the weeds on, is it helping us be the biggest or best as we defined it for our goal? Yes or no. It allows certain decisions to become binary there. It allows for that clarity to say, yes, we're working on this process. Yes, it's a long process to figure out how we're going to do something because some of these things can be a very long process to do, but it allows you to keep an eye on what you're actually working towards once you have that clarity.
0: Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment ProCFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit procfopartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. Procfopartners.com.
1: You know what? I'm going to argue that a lot of business leaders are not great at this. They think they are, but they're not great at this. They're not great at the asking why or the Socratic questioning, let's ask why three, five, seven times, we can really get down to it. That The goal that they immediately go to a revenue goal, because it it seems obvious or it makes sense or a percentage goal, let's grow 10%. They're just (laughs) pulling these numbers out of thin air because that's how they sort of grew up or that's what they were taught. Or when they were sales reps or general managers or district managers, that's what they were doing. So they're just going to take that same thing at scale I really feel like it takes a fresh perspective. Tell me if you agree. Obviously, we always like to joke. We'll call us, but that's not <laughs> true here. But folks who see things from different perspectives, broad, diverse perspectives, uh, experiential breadth, to be able to say that's not what you mean. When when you want your goal is not that. As you just pointed out, you want to be the best, or you want to have a footprint in, or you want to dominate this aspect, or you want to create something new. Those are not. If you do those well, they'll lead to increased revenue and those percentages that maybe you want to point to. Do I need a coach? Do I need an advisor? Do I need somebody on my team who isn't the usual, isn't the person I'm used to seeing across the table to come in and sort of
2: invigorate this idea for me a little bit? So I would say it definitely helps. Is it absolutely necessary every single time? Certainly not. We've seen companies put in these kind of strategic planning sessions in place so that gives them that clarity. But is it helpful to sometimes bring in a fresh perspective? Absolutely. Does it jumpstart and move things along much faster? Absolutely. Is it the only way to do it? Um, certainly not. But yes, there's definitely helpful in way of doing this. What's also interesting is when companies and when companies go through that, is pushing some of that down to the managerial level or to the frontline employee level so that they don't lose sight in the processes. They don't lose sight of the outcome when they're stuck in the processes. Meaning them being aware of what the outcome, what they're working towards, is sometimes a very, very helpful. For instance, you referenced that sales, you know, that the salesman, right, whose manager is on his back to close it to meet his quota. As opposed to if we change that structure, which we've gotten into conversations on compensation for sales, or what that looks like as and their target is this amount of percentage across a certain number or this profit margin across a certain number. It changes that pressure to actually do this. Do they still need to deliver? Are they still results driven? Absolutely. That shouldn't change. But the outcome of what they're working towards changes and that actually has a greater impact on the company's bottom line.
1: I love what you're sharing because it's almost a, um, uh, a cultural reset or recalibration. So if you can sort of learn to do this in a strategic mindset and you can start to filter that down, you won't need the same level of help next year or the year after that because you'll start to realize the benefits of that. Let me ask you something. We started the conversation talking about kind of the outcomes and you had this scenario where somebody was, plugging through their accounting software and and you said well what are you trying to get after what's the difference is there a difference between outcomes and a goal so as you then talked about what you we've got a goal we want to strategically align to a goal is an outcome designed to get me to a goal is a goal different from an outcome how what's the relationship between
2: any of those so some of this is semantic. Some of this is what I like to refer to, and not my own line, distinction without a difference. Okay. Some, of this, and some of this is actually truly different from a concept, from a conceptual perspective. In my mind, an outcome is perhaps more of a, this is, I'm doing this for this specific outcome, as opposed to the goal, when we think of it from a company perspective, can be more overarching. So it's not like a, this is what I'm trying to do, versus this is where we're trying to get to. So whether we call it outcome, whether we call it target, whether we call it a vision, whether we call it. It's the same thing of what we're trying to establish. There's an over. There's this bigger picture we're trying to paint, and these are the different pieces we actually need to build in order to help us get there. So when we started the conversation of outcome versus process in that particular in that particular example, that outcome was not the goal. That outcome may have been a step in helping them achieve their goal. Meaning that kind of clarity that this business owner needed was a way for him to make the decisions he was going to to help him achieve his goal. But the outcome was the better insight into what he was what he was actually working on. I
1: feel like that is a really valuable distinction and uh, a broader explanation. Uh, Thank you for that. Let me ask you something. Maybe it turns us into a a corner that we'll come back and have a broader conversation on. But something that's really buzzy has been maybe for the last four or five years, at least from where I Mm -hmm. sit, maybe you see something differently, is this idea of core values our core values are this, which is, you know, sort of like on its face. Well, that's great. It's like any of us saying, these are the things we stand up for, we believe in. I've seen organizations spend six months with four different consultants to come in and nail down their core values, which gets really into that. Are we in the weeds? Are we just doing this for the exercise? Or how is that going to impact the business? Should it? And in what ways? And I like when there's checks and balances to say, well, does this one help us to live out our core value of Whatever is this decision aligned to that? So if you're thinking about it as part of that strategic vision, I can see the value there. But I don't know. Give me your perspective on this. Should should we all be having core values, and should we spend a lot of time working to those? And then do we integrate those into our goals, or what's your perspective on that?
2: So that's always an interesting one. You know, sometimes coming up with a difference in a core value and a goal can be an interesting exercise in and of itself. Because for some companies, they are the same. I'll give you a for instance, one of our core values here at Pro CFO Partners is to contribute and make a difference. Right now, whatever the decisions we make, is, is this going to allow us to contribute and make a difference for more teammates, for more clients, for more companies that we get to help? So in theory, is that a goal for us? probably a goal is it a core value for us it definitely is a core value for us and for some companies this is what it actually looks like so defining core values and again you can talk to you know that company that brought in four different consultants you ask each of them what core values is you may probably come up with four different answers for what a core value is
1: yes
2: so that's probably its own conversation of defining what a core value is for some companies they aren't interchangeable with their goals so i'm not a big believer in Coming up with a certain vocabulary and sticking to this, I look at it as more, does this give you the clarity you need to, to make the decisions? If you want to define it as a core value, define it as a core value. You want to define it as a five-year goal, define it as a five-year goal. It's what is it? What is the structure that's going to help you achieve what you want to for your company? More importantly, once you decide what that is, how are you going to communicate it to your leadership team and to the rest of the company as well?
1: You know, one of the things you're sharing is in sort of this meta space, uh, Nelson, is even the idea of getting stuck on these words and terminologies and these things that books are written about is, uh, can interfere with your outcomes and goals. You're asking, are you meeting this? Or are you doing that? Look, does it help you do X? If the answer is yes, <laughs> keep doing it. If it doesn't, you got to ask yourself why you're doing it. I think that's a really good, I don't know. I think that's a good thing for us to always kind of come back to, which is, uh, are we confusing ourselves with too many clever ideas when what we really just mean is this, call it whatever you want, and then it's useful to make distinctions in that. It's certainly valuable to be able to communicate to others, your customers, your your teams, your employees.
2: But if we get oh. so
1: stuck on that, we can create the weeds that we're trying to get out of.
2: Do you agree? Absolutely. And what's what I find fascinating is for some companies, depending on the structure, they need them to be defined for them. They need that clarity for their. So that's why I said it's not about... Me deciding what's the vocabulary they should use for this type of thing what what is it that they need to define so they can achieve this. For some companies, they need to have this core values exercise and they need to go through this and they need to bring in four consultants to help them decide what a core value is, let alone what their core values are. Then that's fine. If that's what they need to actually get the clarity they're looking for, that's fine. Call it a core value. I don't care. Call it a vision, call it, you know, again, from my perspective, we get into this argument, you know, this debate a lot as well. This is here and this is here.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the answer is, well, what does our client think it is? You know, what is it? What do they need to understand here to do this? We can call it, you know, we, we joke about this a lot, even for what we do, right? Are you know, we fractional versus part-time CFO? You know, and the answer is, well, what is it that we need to communicate that helps our clients understand how we're going to help? Sure. Call it what <laughs> you want. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> now, we now we can look at it as we are there. Now, the answer is we're looking at it as we are their CFO just on that part-time or fractional basis. For some, it's easier part to, to, to refer to that as part-time. For some, there is a distinction between part-time and fractional. And we are tr- trying to educate the market on what the difference is and how we're actually helping our clients. But the real answer is to your point is, what is it that they understand that we're helping them do? And this is true for, their, for our clients themselves. You call it a core value, you call it a goal, you call it a mission, you call it a vision, you call it, and call it all you know, it can come with any number of names for for what you're trying to do, but what is it that's going to help you get the clarity, communicate it to your team, and communicate it to your all your stakeholders?
1: I feel like that's just a powerful punctuation point at the end of this particular discussion. Uh, I've already made a note, we got to come back next time. <laughs> core values. I think it's fascinating, and I think it's on top of a lot of folks' minds. And I think it's really relevant, but you've given us so much. You've given me, as you usually do. I usually <laughs> do these meetings and I'm like opening up my books and I'm like, okay, going to change this about things and that about things. So Nelson Tep for Pro CFO Partners, always so good to talk to you and such uh, powerful perspectives that just seem to come so naturally for you. And I'm so grateful for that and, and your generosity and sharing it with us. Um, I hope we're taking notes. I hope executives and CEOs and leaders out there, I hope you're taking notes because this is masterclass stuff in subtle changes that can make big impacts. So thanks, Nelson. Appreciate you as always.
0: Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.